This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. It's 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco with Brian Reddick. I hope everybody had a really Merry Christmas. Up until 8.15 <laughs> Eastern, 5.15 Pacific, um, yeah. when the 49ers took the field and kind of got punched in the mouth uh, by the Ravens. I'm hurting a little bit from the game. I'm hurting a little bit because, listen, I had a festive Christmas, and, and, and I'm a, a little hungover today. But, um, and I just, as that game went on, I was like, you know, I'm, I think I'm done drinking today. And then I was like, maybe I'm not. So, but Brian, I'll tell you what, we, I've been talking for a while that the Brave, this Ravens team scares me. Yeah. And I think you saw why in this game. The D is tough on quarterbacks. They make life uncomfortable for the offense. They force a lot of turnovers, and that's what happened in this game. They mm-hmm. made Brock Purdy look like a shell of himself, or maybe Brock Purdy was the reason Brock Purdy looked like a shell of himself. He played his worst game. The defense got put in some pretty rough spots, and I thought the defense looked a little flat to it. It was just yeah. not the game I saw the 49ers coming out and playing on Christmas night. Yeah, you know, we we had Jason Lockenfor on uh, to preview this game, and and both of us said afterwards, like, hey, I, I feel a lot better about this game after talking to Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Jason seemed to think that this game was set up pretty well for the 49ers uh, because the biggest weakness for that Baltimore defense was their run defense, and so when you are going up against the arguably one of the best running teams in the NFL. You think, all right, well, if you can't defend the run, that's going to be a tough game for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it felt like the 49ers got punched in the mouth. As a fan, it felt like I got punched in the dick. That's what that's what this <laughs> game made me feel like. It was because, tough to watch, man. Yeah, because I I went into it with pretty high expectations. And, you know, I know we're going to get into it, but there's just a few things that I that I found baffling. And when I find something that baffling, I just start to try and think about reasons why and 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 we'll get into that. But, you know, to me, the biggest the biggest thing with this game, the biggest thing that baffled me 
specifically was the offensive game plan. I don't understand it. Um, I don't understand what Kyle Shanahan was thinking when he put that game plan together. Um, it almost felt like he, he, he I, it was, I don't know if he outthought himself. I, I don't know mm. if he thought like he was trying to prove something about Brock or prove something about himself in terms of going against the, the best pass defense in the NFL. And like, was it like an ego thing? He's like, yeah, well, they're the best pass defense, but they haven't played us. So watch this. We're going to throw all over them because it didn't it just didn't make sense. They didn't play 49ers football from the jump. It wasn't even like they got behind and then had to throw. I understand that, but right. You know, they opened the game with I want to say eight straight passes before their first run or something along those lines. It might have been even more egregious than that, and it just didn't make uh, a lot of sense and and that's where it's that's where it's frustrating because I'll tell you what, man, my Christmas involved uh, quite a bit of 49ers gear and I was geared up in my living room with my McCaffrey jersey on, which I already had, but my new gold starter jacket, my new uh, 49ers hat. I got this sweatshirt as well. I, I switched out at halftime to the sweatshirt just to see if I could change the mojo or something. But uh, all day I was prepared for that game. And that was like, that is what I was looking forward to for Christmas. And then the Ravens just played the role of the Grinch and absolutely ruined it for me. You know, in grand scheme of things, does this game matter? It might not because the 49ers, if they win their next two, they still have the number one seed. They have yeah. to beat the commanders. They have to beat the Rams, which, they were, you know, Rams are playing well, but still the Niners yeah. should be able to beat them. And then you took it to the number one seed, and then they still seem to match up well with the NFC teams. And you, when you get to the Super Bowl, we'll see what happens. So if they still make this run, nobody's going to give a shit about this game. Just like when the Niners lost to the Eagles in 1994, 48 week, whatever it was, week four, week five. Week right? five. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Right. It's just a bad, bad week. And that's very well what it could have been. So grand scheme of things, we'll see. But in reaction to this game, you know, there were a few things that, you know, you start to let things creep into your head when, you know, they get down again and they kind of just it snowballed. It just, it looked like a lot of times to me, Brian, it was just different people in the 49ers uniforms. Like it was the 49ers, but it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. pretty and it wasn't Debo and it wasn't Kelly. There was other people in those uniforms. It didn't seem like them a lot. And I, I agreed with you. And, and listen, Kyle Shanahan's not the one who threw the intercept, the first interception of the game no. when Purdy should not have thrown the ball to Debo. He was late. And I think Hamilton picked it off. But and you talked about the, the play calling and stuff. I just thought, your first down inside the 20, you haven't run the ball yet. That's a perfect spot to get yourself in second and manageable. Give the ball yeah. to McCaffrey in your second and six, second and five, whatever. So I didn't love that call. Again, not Kyle's fault that Purdy threw the pick. But you're right. I, I felt like Purdy looked shaky from the jump. And not all the interceptions were his fault. Like the first one was. Yeah. The second one the was three. not. It got, yeah. it got batted. Well, the other three. I, I, I do put on him, especially that third one. And Brock even said it himself. Like he said, you know, I saw the flags down. Mm -hmm. I saw the linemen. I saw the oh, their body language. I could tell it was on us. He's like, I got to throw that ball away. I, mm -hmm. I can't make that worse. And he's right. And that's what he was doing in those in the, the losing streak. Like, OK, I'm mm -hmm. trying to make too much happen. And he forces the ball. Yeah. So some of those other throws, yeah, he, he just didn't play a very smart game. He didn't look like himself. It looked like there was somebody else in, in that uniform. And, and I do want to say this to you. And I guess I'm interested to hear your reaction on it. So I'm a big you do or you don't guy. Yeah. In the Niners, again, this 
offense may not matter. They may, may not even be behind again the rest of the season. But what we've seen is when they do get behind or things start to go really wrong, it snowballs and they can't seem to kind of get themselves out of it. They, they, they're front runners, essentially. They, they're better when they mm-hmm. play from ahead. Yeah. They're kind of built yep. that way, I guess. Yep. But what I mean by you're, I'm a do, you do or you don't guy. Again, we're talking Super Bowl here. We're talking championship. So when I think back, Joe Montana, let's stay with 49ers. Joe Montana is a legend because he did. When he was down against the Bengals in Super Bowl 23, Montana and Walsh put together, you know, put together that drive to win. Mm-hmm. They did it. If you mm-hmm. look at the recent Super Bowl with the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan, they just didn't get it done in the fourth quarter. You do or you don't. If they got it done there, Garoppolo might still be the quarterback here. Didn't happen. This team has to do it, and they're going to get tested, and we'll find out if they're going to be a team that does or doesn't. The next six weeks or so will tell us. But when I see games like this and, and the, it continues to snowball, I do get worried if they're in a tough spot in the playoffs or they get down by 14 points. Is, is the game just over? You know, that's 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 yeah. that's the worry, I think, right now with this team. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, you had brought it up earlier um, <clears throat> that Mike Sando had tweeted out something in regards to, you know, Kyle Shanahan is now 0-39 uh, when trailing by eight or more entering the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and you know he 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 put that in context that the the best team in the nfl at coming from behind by eight or more is the kansas city chiefs and their winning percentage on that is still 300 which means yeah. seven yeah. out of ten times they're not coming back and and they have the the best quarterback on the planet right now and that's largely what what you lean on obviously when you're behind right you have to throw the ball and and i think i think more than that and i've said this before on this show Kyle Shanahan's offense is not predicated on a traditional drop back passing game right their passing game is largely predicated on deception and play action right which is mm-hmm. what play action is deception um but it's it's passing from formations that make it look like you're running, right? Like that's mm-hmm. their bread and butter. And that's not what a traditional drop back passing system looks like. And so I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a combination of not having tremendous quarterback play outside of being efficient within Kyle Shanahan's offense. Right. Um, And, and then also, you know, coming from behind is hard. It's hard in the NFL. It's not an easy thing to do. Most teams can't do it. The, the, the wild aspect of it is the zero is the O and 39, you know, and it's, 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 I think once you get that one, then you stop talking about it because now it's not that glaring zero because again, the best teams in the NFL, the best team in the NFL is, is 300 in those situations, right? They lose seven out of 10 times. So again, it's not, it's not a, it's not a situation where most teams are able to come from behind. Most teams aren't, that's hard to do. And so I, I don't think it's as, it's as, uh, glaring of a uh, of an indictment on Kyle Shanahan as as some people like to make it seem, but you're right. You they do have to do it, and until they do it, it's going to be a talking point. 
Yeah. And you think back to when the Niners made the Super Bowl in 2012 with Kaepernick, they were down 14 nothing in that game mm-hmm. against um, the Falcons. They may end up in a situation like that again. What if they're yeah. playing Philly and, you know, Philly scores on the opening drive and then something fluky happens and you're down 10 nothing, 14 nothing? They may be in a situation like that again. And yes, yeah, San- so what Sando said about that, I don't know if he's 0 38 or 0 39, Kyle, but either way, he has a one down eight plus points. So this yeah. has to be. The stats that Santos putting up has to be since Kyle became the coach, so 2017. Mm. Mm. All teams, 7%, 98, one, 98 wins, 1,337 losses, and four ties. You feel like you said, Kansas City is the best at 30%. They're 6-14. and 14. The next is Green Bay. They're 7-34. and 34. Then you have teams like, for context, Seattle's 1-38. Carolina's 1-58. Colts are 136-1. and one. Baltimore, one of the, you know, Definitely yeah. one of the better teams in the league, two and 22, down eight right. plus points. That's with Lamar and John, John Harbaugh. Dallas, two and 37. New England, three and 35. You know, no one really, no one's does doing well it in these situations. Yeah. But it's just, again, it's the zero. Like you said, he hasn't yeah. done it. So it becomes a talking point. And we even mentioned it. I think you mentioned it to Brian Baldiger. He was like, wow, really? He's like, I didn't yeah. know that. And he's like, well, yeah. you know, there's something there. So, but Sando said the same thing you did. The weakness is drop back passing. Mm-hmm when they get in those situations, they haven't been able to do that. And look, Brock's been the most prolific quarterback this team's had 20 years. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't worked out yet. doesn't mean it never will, but mm-hmm. until that happens, it's going to be a question mark. You know, it's the same thing like we said with Jake Moody. Until he makes a, get a big kick in a big spot, it'll be a question mark. You just have to wait and see. But again, this could all mean nothing. Right. The Niners may blow the next five teams out to play and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. It may not matter. But for right now, it, you know, last night was a little bit scary. Um, the defense, too, the defense put yeah. a lot of really bad, a lot of bad situations. Yes. So I'm not going to act like they got completely destroyed or anything like that. But but they didn't they, play well. They didn't play well. No, yeah. they looked a little flat. I had no idea why they put Jason Brad in last night or why. Like, I don't understand in that situation. I, I don't I don't know to put him in. But yeah. they, they looked a little flat. They looked like they're missing. Eric Armstead, you know, we've always talked about Armstead does more than you see on the stat sheet. Hargrave's banged up. Past few weeks, if I'm worried about anything, I think the offense is going to bounce back. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about the offensive line in a little while. But what you're seeing right now with the defense, that is a little bit scary because, again, the Rams can steal one from you. Yeah. They're really moving the ball. And then, I mean, look, they, they absolutely owned Philly and Dallas when they played them. But your defense has to play like your defense. So, Again, it could just be an end of the season, little lull. We saw it last year in the Raiders game. The defense looked awful, and then they were fine. So we'll see. But, it, you know, the past couple of weeks, it's been uh, a little iffy there. Yeah, and, you know, again, like you said, I don't know why Jason Verrett was in. <clears throat> I was thrilled to see him in, like, just for I Jason it was Verrett. Weird. <clears throat> yeah, but it was weird. And then, you know, everyone, everyone will point to that touchdown but if you watch the replay of that touchdown, there literally wasn't anything that Jason Verrett could have done differently. That touchdown wasn't on Jason Verrett. It wasn't that he blew coverage. It was on Chase Young, who didn't maintain his contain, and Lamar Jackson scrambled out. And once you get into a scramble drill, all bets are off, right? Like yeah, especially with the receiver is yeah. going to have an advantage every single time because that's just the nature of, of that situation. So... Again, I, I I didn't blame Jason Verrett for that for that touchdown because if you again if you watch the replay, 
which they showed on TV. I mean, he had sticky coverage on him until he, you know, the, the uh, I think it was Bateman recognized um, or Zay Flowers. I don't know whoever it was recognized that uh, that Lamar was scrambling and he, you know, he, he adjusted his route accordingly and was open for the touchdown. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you know, we talked about Brock's interceptions, obviously four interceptions is not ideal. Um, and you know, that the, the first one was his fault. The next two, I, I, I don't put on him. That's just the second one is just a great play by that defensive back, uh, and, a and a lucky bounce. And then the sec- the third interception again, bounced out of the hands of the receiver and into, um, you know, into the waiting hands of just somebody sta- standing there. So mm-hmm. again, I, I don't necessarily fault him for all of them. Um, again, the decision-making part of it, as you said, for that fourth one, that one makes sense. What's interesting to me is that in the four losses that the 49ers have had this season, the offense has scored 17 points. Exactly. Right. This game was 19, but there was a safety. So again, there's something there. A pattern like that doesn't just yeah. happen. Um, but I, I think to me, if if we're if we're coming out and we're saying like, who is who shares the largest responsibility for this loss? Uh, I'm putting that on Kyle Shanahan, and I'm putting it on Kyle Shanahan, the offensive play caller, not Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. This this defense is vulnerable, most vulnerable against the run. They are most effective against the pass. So to come out into this game with a game plan that is revolves around the passing game just seemed like, again, like a, like an ego move. Like he was, like he was trying to prove something, you know, it's like, it's kind of like um, somebody, I can't remember who, but I saw it on Twitter. I don't know if it was just, you know, somebody that is a mutual or if it was a, you know, more of a, a talking head, but you know, it, it, it was almost reminiscent of Pete Carroll in that Super Bowl when, you know, you, you have Marshawn Lynch and yet you're allowing, you know, you're allowing the game to hinge on on a on a passing play with with Russell Wilson. Like you're trying to show, hey, Russell Wilson is the guy. Um, and so I don't know if it was that or. I, I I'm hard pressed to think that this is the case, but one of the things that I thought of in the moment was, is this, is this Kyle Shanahan? Again, this would be ego, but is this Kyle Shanahan saying, look, I'm pretty confident that we're going to see this team again in the Super Bowl. Cause I'm confident that my team's going to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, right. Like ego saying mm-hmm. like, there's no one in the NFC that can hang with us. So, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned with who we're going to play in the Super Bowl. And this is probably the team we're going to play. Like it, did he put together a game plan that he would then be able to just go against when they see him again in the Super Bowl as a way to kind of catch them off guard in the biggest game rather than this game, which, as we said, doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of of wanting and and trying to win a Super Bowl, which is the ultimate goal. Um, losing mm-hmm. this game doesn't do anything for them, anything negative for them outside of they got embarrassed on national TV. So, you know, was he getting a little bit too cute in, you know, in forecasting? So I don't know. But what I do know is 
his offensive game plan made zero sense and they got their ass kicked because of it and that's i think to me the biggest disappointment yeah and and again it, it was just strange that like you said maybe maybe it was a, a thing where he just came out and he just felt so confident about his team that he was like you know what screw it we could throw on anybody and that's what we're gonna do but you know you live and you learn i guess again i'm, I'm not going don't want to go like last night i was pissed like i was watching the game and like i was just pissed um, i was pissed because brock just didn't seem like himself i was pissed because i thought he was still trying to force balls when he should have learned his lesson weeks weeks ago with it mm-hmm. i was pissed at the game plan i was pissed that the defense looked flat but then i'm like you know what like these games happen like you said it just this happened on national tv in one of the biggest games of the year the Niners have passed all their other tests against Dallas, yeah. against the Eagles. You know, you know, the Jags game was a big game. They passed it. They failed this one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, big picture, we'll, we'll see what it means. I will say this. We've been talking about Purdy MVP, McCaffrey MVP. What the offense really looks different is when Trent Williams is not in the game. Yep. Holy shit. There's your difference right there. You know, he was out those three games or banged up against um, the Browns, then out those other couple games. And when he wasn't there last night, like you noticed it. And I thought when he took Brock out of the game with the stinger, it looked like Brock was okay to come back in. Mm -hmm. My initial thought was, you know what? I want to see Brock play because I want to see what he's going to do here because it hasn't gone well in the past because he does have four interceptions. I want to see him bounce back. I want to see them try to come back in this game. Who gives a shit? Just throw it all out there. But then when you look at what the offensive line was, I feel yeah. like maybe that went into Kyle's decision because you had um, Spencer Burford was playing at one of the tackles. Colt McKivitz moved the left tackle. So mm-hmm. Banks was out. Williams was out. Jalen Moore got hurt. It was it Ben Barch was the other. Ben guard. Barch had to I come mean, in when Banks calling, went down. Yeah. They were going to be calling Sheila Rochelle pretty soon to come in for that <laughs> game, like with the way it was going. So I understand why Kyle took him out after that. In the moment, I'm like, get get his ass back out there. Mm-hmm. Let me try to make a run here, but I understand he's got this thing. Or again, the game in the grand scheme of things really doesn't mean that much. You still control your own destiny. So keep your quarterback healthy. Turn the page. Joe Torrey, I've mentioned this before on the show. Always just talk with the Yankees when the Yankees would get blown out 15 to two. He'd be like, you know what? It's a turn the page game. It's not who we are. Yeah. It happens. You turn the page, you forget about it. I feel like that's what the Niners have to do with this one. It's just, it happened. It's over. Kick the shit out of Washington. And, and it's all systems go from there. Yeah, and I appreciate, you know, the leaders of the team basically saying the same thing after the game. You know, Fred Warner said, look, we got to watch the tape. We got to get better. You know, it, it just is what it is. We'll fix the mistakes. And yeah, Brock Purdy said, you know, I've got to look at myself in the mirror and, you know, figure out how to uh, be better in those situations. Uh, you know, like n- nobody, you know, nobody came out and was like, you know, this isn't, you know, this wasn't our fault. Like we're blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They, they, they recognize that they got their ass kicked. They wore it. And now it's time to move on. And, and the other thing is, is you got to do that. Cause it's a short week, right? You've got a, you've got a short week to prepare for, for Washington. And they already opened as 13 and a half point favorites in that game, which, right. you know, uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't beat this commander's team. Uh, and then, you know, you, you hope that you hope that, that, uh, the Eagles lose, will they probably not, but you hope that they do. And then you hope that the, well, I guess you got to win the next two games because 
yeah, you uh, got unfortunately, there's yourself. three teams. There's three teams that only have four that have four lot four teams that have four losses now. The 49ers, the Lions, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. The Lions and the Cowboys play each other this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that one of them is going to get a loss, but the other one is not. And then the, you know, the Eagles, and if you know, if the Eagles lost a game, then then you know they would be they would be out. But whoever wins between Detroit and and, and Dallas still has a shot at at the at the one seed. So, you know, this was your one mulligan. Um, you don't get another one if you want the one yeah. seed. Um, you gotta take care of business these next two games so you can get that by. Home field advantage. I don't I don't care about home field advantage. We just got absolutely destroyed at home. So, you know, I I don't care about home field advantage. What I care about is the bye and resting yeah. this team. Uh because this team looks like it needs some rest and and they've got to they've got to dig deep for these next two games so that they can uh and then, you know, and then again the the second season starts and none of this matters. Yeah, and they'll likely need that last game against the Rams now. So it's yeah, it's not like you can rest people or play your starters a half or whatever. Looks like they're going to need it. I think another reason why this feels so like magnified is because of what everything you're going to deal with with Brock now. You're going to have people coming yeah. out saying, "Oh, I told you so," you know, "Oh, he's a fraud" or whatever. Which again, to me, he's already done enough. Where I'm, he's a, he's a very good quarterback. Yeah. Now he lost the MVP in this game. Yes. Because. I thought the one thing he couldn't do was have an absolute disaster in this game. If he mm-hmm. didn't have a disaster, he would have won the MVP. If he just played average, I, I still think he, he would have gotten it. But yeah. he did the one thing he couldn't do. It was an absolute disaster. He's not winning the MVP. I, I can't see. I, there's just already, we're already too many questions surrounding him to put that he's going to get that now, whether they give it to Lamar. Although if Lamar shifts the bet against the Dolphins, then what do you do next week? But I don't know. But I don't think it's going to be Purdy. Um, but what it's magnified because there's all that talk now. There's all the talk around Purdy because everybody's still waiting for the other shoe to drop, even though I don't think it's going to. Again, second year quarterback played a really good defense and he played like shit. It happens. If Josh Allen threw four picks or Patrick Mahomes threw four picks or anybody else, people would be like, ah, it was a, you know, it was an off game or whatever. They'll be back. With Purdy, it's not that. You have, you know, the Steven Ruizes and everybody else, the ringer people who are gonna be like, Oh, see, I told you, you know. So you have to deal with that as a Niners fan and the Niners. I don't know when that's going to go away. Maybe if he plays really well for the next two years, three years, maybe. But at this point, if he has a bad playoff game, people are going to say the same thing and it'll linger all offseason. Is he the guy type thing, even though he's already played really well in the playoffs? So that magnifies things. And that's frustrating to me that we're still this. The guy The guy is a seventh round draft pick the last pick in the draft who pretty much had an mvp caliber season regardless of what happened last night and really regardless of what happens in the next two games for most of the season he had an mvp caliber season and, and that it's still getting nitpicked and but it's it's not going away it's not and and i think you know unfortunately it's not going to go away because of who his coach is and what this system is and what this scheme is and you know nobody nobody has the you know, the wherewithal to just um, take, you know, take this, this everything away and just be like, look, this guy's playing quarterback at a high level, like regardless of scheme, regardless of anything. And again, like you said, it's because he's the last pick in the draft. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have a rocket arm. He's not tall. He doesn't, you know, he's, he's not Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson where he's affecting the game with his legs and his arm. Like, you know, the, 
it's just I don't know. It it we're in a we're in a we're in an era of football where again, you know, people think that in order to be an MVP, you've got to you've got to be Superman and yeah. You know, just playing within yourself and within your system, which is a good system with playmakers and just doing your job, right? That's what he's doing. He's doing the job and that's what, you know, I what I liked about um uh, what I liked about Troy Aikman uh, during the game. Now, granted, this was early in the game mm-hmm. <clears throat> before, you know, he threw four interceptions. But one of the things he said that I was like right on Troy was basically like, you know, he he is doing what he's supposed to do. And he said nobody that has played the position thinks that he isn't great, thinks that he right, hasn't been doing right. great. Yeah, I, I caught that. Yeah. Right yeah. The game. I and I was like, oh, right on. Like. That's yeah. uh, that's fantastic because the people who know um, what they're talking about understand what they're saying. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The people who have played the position that know what they're talking about. None of them have said anything bad and have only had good things to say about Brock Purdy. And I was like, sweet. Right on, Troy. Um, which, by the way, I learned last week. I didn't realize this. I never realized Troy Aikman never won an MVP. I, I, for, Did you ever go back and look at his stats? Yeah, they're not great. No, <laughs> they're not great at all. He is he is a Hall of Famer on the back of what he did in the Super Bowls, which is I understand. I'm not saying that didn't because he does have some Super Bowl MVPs. So, you know, again, largely if if that's the goal, right, if the goal is winning Super Bowls and you've got multiple Super Bowl MVPs, that I think almost outweighs not having a regular season MVP. But that was shocking to me. That was shocking because, uh, again, he was just always talked about as, you know, in his era, the the one of, if not the best uh, quarterback in the NFL, or it was like him and Favre and then, you know, Young and, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was crazy. You, it's funny. Yeah, so his he made the Pro Bowl six years in a row. So he, uh, 1991, he threw for 2,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Uh 1992, this was one of his best, this was his best statistical season, probably. 3,400 yards, 23 TDs, 14 picks. 1993, he was an MVP candidate. He threw for 3,100 yards with 15 touchdown passes. (laughs) Made the Pro Bowl again in 1994 with 2,600 yards passing, 13 TDs, and 12 picks. Uh, 3,300 in 1995 yards passing, 16 TDs, 7 picks. Somehow made the Pro Bowl again in 1996. Threw for 3,126 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. So, yeah, go and look up Troy Aikman's stats. They were not pretty. Um, When you look at Steve Young, who was doing amazing things statistically for that era. Yeah, Troy's weren't great. I do want to talk, talking about stats, I don't love doing this after a loss, but we've been talking about it all year, so it's only fair to follow up on this stuff. So, Brock, shitty as he played, he's only the third 49ers quarterback to throw for over 4,000 yards now. So, the Niners... The Niners franchise record is Jeff Garcia in one season, 4,278. Brock, like I said, is 4,050. He's probably going to shatter that. And he'll probably probably break it in 16 games and then shatter it in the 17th one. You would think if you know everything stays status quo. Yeah. They're gonna looks like they're definitely gonna get the four players with thousand yards for each with a thousand yards from scrimmage. McCaffrey's got 1932 with two games left, left which is absurd. Uh, Ayuk 1203, Debo Samuel with rushing and receiving is the, at 1013, and Kittle's at 993 right now. So oh, Kittle's, yeah, definitely think, Kittle's got like six yards rushing or something like that, but he's Kittle's going to get another thousand yard receiving season. So he's really, for all the talk about him, you know, is he done and he's not putting up the same stats anymore? 
he's he's having an absolute phenomenal year. Um, mm. So that's been fun too. Again, this sucks. <laughs> this doesn't feel good. But at the end of the day, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be in a have a chance to win the Super Bowl, and it's been a fun season. Even just statistically, sure. it's fun to watch your team go out there and, and guys to put up awesome stats. Like that's fun. So it's it's been cool, and it's it's, it's been a season to enjoy. Well, and let's let's be real. You know, they're still eleven and four. They're still eleven and four, and still the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, so all, all good, uh, man. Uh, again, like we don't the 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 goal is the Super Bowl, and they are still in a tremendous position to make the game. And I I, I still think that regardless of what happened against the Ravens last night, I still think they they have more than more than enough to be a Super Bowl champion. So that is that is ultimately the goal and that's really all I care about. And you know, maybe maybe this is a good thing where we stop focusing on, you know, is Brock Purdy an MVP is right? Like mm-hmm. that talk is over now and now it's oh, that was just a distraction. What really matters is the Super Bowl and we probably should stop caring about any of that other stuff because it doesn't matter if Brock Purdy win, won, wins the MVP or Christian McCaffrey wins the MVP, but the 49ers lose in the NFC Championship game or the 49ers lose in the Super Bowl, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to yeah. care that that happened. What they're going to care about is that they still didn't win a Super Bowl. And then the conversation becomes, look, Kyle Shanahan can't win a Super Bowl even with a uh, with an MVP and a stacked roster, right? Then then that's where the conversation goes. So, like, yeah. maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that that you know we don't have to focus on that anymore. And and you know, I know that this game happened much later in the season than that than that forty to eight game uh, for the ninety four team. But you know, I think we've seen this team refocus and and when they are healthy and when they are all out there and refocused, they're, they're pretty tough to beat. So, you know, I think this is a, probably a galvanizing moment for the team. Uh, You know, Trent said he's after the game that he's, that he's going to be good. I, so I'm assume he'll be back out there. Uh, I I think Trent Williams is never going to miss an opportunity to play the, the Washington franchise, even though they have a new owner and everything. Um, you know, he's got an ax to grind with that organization. So yeah, I have a hard time thinking he's going to miss that game. Um, Aaron Banks said that he re-aggravated the turf toe. Um, I thought it was a groin based on the, the replay. Cause you could see his left foot. He was trying to anchor with his left foot and then it just slid out from under him and he almost did like a full split. And I was like, Oh, that's probably a groin, but it sounds like it was that turf toe injury. So We'll see, you know, we'll see what that what happens there. If Feliciano then has to move to the left and Burford plays right guard, we don't know. Uh, but it doesn't sound like there were any injuries in this game that are going to linger or affect the team uh, and and their full health moving forward. So that's obviously uh, a good thing. And you know, uh, I mean, you just like you said, it's a turn the page. It's a turn the page game and. Uh, now you focus on on Washington and then that that last game at home against the Rams. But here's the other thing with that Rams game. And 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 I don't I don't know if this will be the case because, you know, the Rams rested starters uh, under Sean McVay and and didn't perform well in the playoffs. But the Rams could could wrap up a uh, a playoff spot before that week 17 game and not have anything to play for. So that could be 
a, a situation where you don't necessarily see the full, you know, the full complement oh, of Rams as well. Yeah, that's, that's so, an interesting scenario. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're locked into whatever, the six seed or whatever it is, why risk Stafford, mm-hmm. you know, maybe play him in right. half and get him out. So, yeah, that's right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, Rams, dude, I, you gotta, I gotta give much as I hate them. Gotta give McVay and Stafford and those guys credit. They've just yeah. absolutely turned it around. Kyron Williams, you know, they found Puka and like, they, they look like a really good team right now. They can, not like, can they make the playoffs? I think they can, they can win. Make noise. Yeah. Yeah. Make some noise. Not win the Super Bowl, but I mean, they could win their first round match. Sure. Um, I, for and, sure. and I feel like, I feel like that just goes to show like in the NFL, if you've got a quarterback, you're always in a season. You're always yeah. in a season. If you've yeah, got Stafford's, a quarterback, terrific. yeah, you you're always in, you know, every, we shit all over the Rams before the season talked about, they could be competing for the number one overall pick, like, and just didn't take into account that Matthew Stafford's a, a really good quarterback and Sean McVay is a really good coach and a really good play caller. And as if you've got that combo, then you're likely going to, to be able to make some noise and and last year Safford was hurt a lot and and I don't think we really talked enough about that for why you know why they performed the way that they did and Stafford's been healthy all season and you know Cooper Cup is back and Pukanuku is a revelation and Kyron Williams is giving them a running game for the first time in what like three seasons and, yeah. and all of a sudden they're 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 back their defense isn't as nearly as good and and that's going to likely be the downfall of the team but uh, that offense is 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 really good. Yeah, you know, I was looking at the numbers for Kittle. So he's got in his career right now, he's got six thousand two hundred and forty five yards. Third all time for the 49ers is Dwight Clark. He's got six thousand seven hundred and fifty. So Kittle's going to be there. I mean, not this season, but early next season, mm-hmm. he's going to be third all time in 49ers history in receiving yards. And awesome. Owens is at eight thousand five hundred and seventy two. He theoretically could catch him by the time he's all said and done. And Rice is at nineteen thousand and change. That's that's not happening. Um, his yards, <laughs> his yards per game, sixty four point four. That's fifth all time and fourth in the modern era. Dave Parks uh, is third, but he played in the sixties. And it's mm-hmm. Rice Owens and Anquan Bolden was at sixty five point nine. So he's a little bit ahead of Kittle. So holy shit with Kittle, the yeah. the career he's he's playing. And this is a tight end, man. Yeah. Just the career that he's put together for the 49ers. I mean, you're you're seeing a, a 49ers legend in front of you. You know, one of the, your all-time 49ers playing right now. Um, you know, a guy that's been with the franchise his whole career and is going to go down as one of the all-time guys. It's it's really cool to see. Yeah, I love it. I love George. Love love that he's on my team. All right, Bry. So this sucked, but you know what? Washington, the Niners. We'll talk about it, but they. Probably put up 40 on them because <laughs> Washington should, sucks. That defense the Jets, is awful. The Jets yeah. just put up 30. Yeah. So that game's coming at the right time. Again, I hope everybody had a good Christmas. I hope it didn't ruin your Christmas too much. Um, and I hope that people feel better than I do today. <laughs> Don't drink as much as your friend Al on Christmas. <laughs> so uh, show it. some self-control, people. Yeah, but we'll right. be back later this week to to preview that Washington game. Um, and uh, again, you know, wash this off you know, and, and, and just look forward because again, the team is 11 and four and still in the driver's seat for the number one seed. All is not lost. The sky is not falling. And Hey, if the four ers get an opportunity to meet this Ravens team again, you know, I think, uh, I think they would relish that. And I, I, I think, I think things will at least look different, whether the result is different. I don't know, 
but I definitely think think things would look different for sure. What would the over under for Christian McCaffrey carries be <laughs> in that game? You think thirty five? I was gonna say yeah, sixty. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the Jimmy. Gr- it's gonna be the uh, the uh, the Packers game plan, the the NFC Championship game against the Packers game yeah. plan. Eight Just eight 50, passes, fifty touches for CMC in that game. All right, we'll see. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. For Al, I'm Brian. Later. Let us three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 